Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. One of my favorite books, if you've heard many times over the years, is the book of James. I love the book of James because it's practical, it's straightforward, it doesn't mince words, and it shares God's truth. And we want to hear God's truth, and we want to be able to respond to it. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for another day. Thank you for every listener in their lives, and thank you that you are with us. Walk with us. Open our minds and hearts to what you have for us. May we see clearly the Word of God. May we respond clearly to it. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I'm glad everybody's listening today, and and I want to just share a little bit about James and share a little bit about some things to talk about that would help us. You know, in, in our lives, and of course, being involved in leadership, uh, you know, in, in ministry and at the state house and some different things, leadership means responsibility. If you're a leader in anything, you're responsible for what happens and what you get across to people. Many of you are leaders in your household. And so really, it kind of reflects on all of us. Chapter 3 of James, verse 1 and 2 says this, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault is what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Well, hold it here. Man, there's not many people that are perfect. There's not many people who can keep everything in check. See, James starts out writing, telling the listeners that not many should be teachers because responsibility level is so great. We're going to be judged more strictly. It was much easier being a a preacher teacher when our church was 60 people than it is now. You have less people, you have less people to be accounted for. But man, the bigger your church gets, the more accountable you are. And of course, less people, you have, of course, you have less compliments and less complaints. At the church, as the church grows in size, there are now many people who are, you know, judging leaders of what they're preaching and all sorts of things in many churches. Like in anything in leadership, you get complaints on what is being taught, and you receive some criticism from some because that's what happens when you take on the role of a teacher. We will be held accountable by God and by people. Leaders must be able to be honest. Folks, if I could not be honest with you, then you will never learn anything. If I, as a radio speaker to you, and a speaker at my church, and a speaker in the community, if I can't be honest, then I, then I'm in the wrong business. Sometimes things are hard to swallow. Sometimes people don't hear what you're trying to say because deep down they think you're not speaking to them. Finally, leaders must take their call seriously. If you've been called to be a, a, in leadership, you must take it seriously because you are putting the results of your calling on the line. When I knew without a shadow of a doubt that God was calling me into full-time ministry, I first argued a bit I tried to rationalize it away, but once I knew, I took it seriously and recognized I better sell out to my call or others that will not be touched and I will not be used by God in a great way to help change lives. I wasn't heading to be a pastor. I was trying to avoid being a pastor because my family were pastors, my brothers were pastors, I had uncles that were pastors, and I said, I'm not going to be like everybody else. I want to do something else. I want to be a school teacher. I want to coach sports. I want to be out in the world as a as somebody they don't look as a pastor and has some that they think is high and mighty or or super spiritual. I want to be somebody that was a normal person that would touch lives in a 
powerful way in the world. But you know what? God didn't want that of me. I was shocked. I really felt that was what I was going to be. And then God led me into full-time ministry. But you know what? He also opened the door for me to substitute teach. When I first moved to this church and we were 50, 60 people, I was able to substitute teach a couple times a week. I was able to coach varsity basketball for a couple years. I was able to have my hands in many things. So I had kind of the desires of my heart. You know, the average human being knows around 27,000 words. It is said we use about 3,000 of them. When you listen to some people, you might think they only know a few hundred. We speak many words in a day. In fact, women, listen to this. You're going to like this statistic. Women speak 20,000 words a day, and of course the world is a better place because of it, right? Yeah. Men speak an average of 7,000 words a day. So women speak 13,000 more words a day than men. Can you believe that? Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's because 7,000, that's about all left in a day. I don't know. But we will be accountable for words we share. Jesus called on the crowd in Matthew chapter 15, verse 10, 11, says, Listen and understand. What goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean, but whatever comes out of his mouth, that is what makes him unclean. He shares that again in the 18th verse. He's trying to get something across. What proceeds from our mouths is an indication of our heart condition. With all the words used every day, people are uplifted or deflated. One must be careful. We've got to be careful. A little gossip goes a long ways. You ever play the game gossip in a group? The leader whispers a a two-sentence story to a person, and one by one they share it around the room until it gets to the end. Then the leader asks the end uh, what, what was the message, and it's quite humorous because it is so different from the original story. James hits it pretty hard, the value of his t- the tongue. Lives are destroyed by lack of self-control. People try to be funny with sarcasm, and sometimes it cuts deep into a person, and they don't take it as a joke, but as reality. Many young kids have had emotional issues because someone has referred to humor to their weight or to their acne or or the way they speak. Folks, we have a great responsibility as parents to teach our kids how to speak to people. I'm amazed at walking through our daycare sometimes at at the church, at times how cruel kids can be in their words. And you know what? They don't even have a clue. They're not saying it to be hurtful, but they just don't know any better because they have taught it that way. You know, sometimes you, I, you know, I, I was at a distance uh, and listened to a father swear at his four-year-old son. I was saddened by that. This, of course, is what the child probably hears all the time, and it'll most likely be a part of his verbiage. You know, how can you blame the kid for cussing because he hears it all the time? It's just a natural thing. How sad is that? The tongue is so very tiny, but it could damage forever if one isn't careful and thoughtful. In fact, James chapter 3 Verse 3 through 6 says this, When we put bits into the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships in an, as an example. Oh, they are though so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants it to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. 
The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Wow. Wow. See, like I said, James doesn't pull many uh, punches, you know, and uh, we just need to understand the importance of serving God and, and, and being honest with how we speak. Some of you are a little older, maybe you remember the incredible racehorse Secretariat, the greatest horse ever to race. He set record times at Kentucky Preakness and Belmont have lasted over 40 years. In winning the Triple Crown, it shattered the record by over 31 lengths. Unheard of. Secretariat was a big and powerful horse, weighing 1,200 pounds. In Ronnie Turcott, he was a mere 128 pounds. He rode Secretariat to victory. By using the little metal bit in his mouth to provide direction to Secretariat, would go where he wanted to go. Such a little piece directed a 1,200-foot animal. The tongue is such a small part of us, but it can be used in such a positive way to encourage people or in a negative way to destroy people. Manipulation by the tongue is huge. You hear it on a daily basis. Someone wanting you to do something, and they use their words to force you or try to guilt you into something. James also used the example of the small rudder to direct a large ship. Probably like some of you, I really enjoy going on a cruise ship. When we save the money to do so, we have a great time. My wife and I like going on cruises, and we, we go on one now and again, and we have a great time. But when you look at, uh, when you look at the, the rudder on that ginormous ship, it's like a floating city, how it turns it, how it controls it. And to think about the tiny rudder in our mouths called our tongue that controls us, you know, it steers the direction we're going. Without the rudder, the cruise ship would float aimlessly throughout the ocean, but it is controlled by the rudder. Folks, we're controlled by the things we say, by our tongue, and, and it could have it could do a lot of good for people or it could do damage. My father was always an encourager, always encouraged people. I'm telling you what, if anybody used his tongue for the glory of God, it was my dad. He would just love people, encourage them, be positive with them. I want to be the same way. I want to be as positive as I can be with people. And I want God to help me tame my tongue when moments that I may want to say something I shouldn't say, Lord, help me. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, the scripture says. In Idaho, we get what he says about forest fires. You know what? One little match, one little smoldering cigarette will cause a whole forest to go up in flames or a whole desert. James is trying to make a picture for us about how easy it is for the tongue to corrupt. You know, it, it, we see that all the time. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this tomorrow. It's the second. I got tomorrow as the second half of this message. I think you need to hear it all because I think it's very, very important. But more than anything else, listen to the Word of God. Listen to the truth that it proclaims and live by it and practice it. And if you're having a problem with your tongue, ask God to deliver you. I ask God to help me not say things I shouldn't say. And sometimes I say them anyway, but I'm trying to be conscientious of things that I say that will touch lives and help the kingdom of God and not hurt it. God wants to use you and I in a powerful way. And I know what, and I know you know what. 
we're going to let him do that. Thank you. Have a great day. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.